Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and today we are talking the Silmarillion. Now, it's true for all of those of you yelling at us that we haven't actually finished our Silmarillion read-along yet, so what are you doing? Why aren't you reading the Silmarillion? Well, it's because we're going to back out and do a, a kind of just an overview discussion because I've got a guest I'm really excited about and I've wanted to talk Tolkien with her for a while. It's uh, Caitlin Fasista from the Tea with Tolkien podcast. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty well myself. I uh, have been uh, an admirer of yours from afar uh, from the podcast, but you're also Twitter famous, which is not easy to do. <laughs> you're, you're very Twitter famous. How does that feel, by the way? Uh, weird. How, Definitely. How many followers are you up to now on Twitter? Uh, I know it's more than 30,000, but uh, I'm not exactly sure. Mm -hmm. It's kind of been going crazy this year. Yeah, and it's probably only like 20,000 of those are Russian bots. So that's, that's uh, right, incredible. Right, right. They're probably all Amazon bots, really. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh, do we? I, I wasn't even sure if we were going to get into the show. Do we talk oh. about the show? I think we kind of have to talk about the show, don't we? I feel like it's kind of... It's like uh, people have varied opinions about it, but it's coming whether you like it or not. So it's kind of worth discussing worth, at least a little yeah, bit, I guess. Talking about it, are you? Uh, how excited are you on a scale of one to Legolas riding a shield? You know, <laughs> uh, I would say six and a half. Yeah, seven. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it'll be better. I think there will be more good than bad, but I know there will be bad. Uh, but I still think. I'll enjoy watching it for the most part. Yeah, yeah I've um, in the time that I have been doing this podcast, gosh, for eight plus years now, I've kind of slowly moderated my position when it comes to uh, I don't even want to call this an adaptation, if I'm being honest. No, um, yeah. But with adaptations like this, I've just kind of cooled down and said, you know what? It can be its own thing. And I, I have the book on my shelf and that's not going away. Like that'll still... I still have my thing that I can retreat to if I need to. I like I, I guess I'm not that bothered if there's some negative. Did you watch the Wheel of Time show? I did, but I have not read the Wheel oh, okay. of Time books, right. so I don't know how faithfully adapted it was, but I know people were kind of upset about it but i don't really i'm not totally sure right yeah uh, it is. on that anyway it just i bring it up because of course it's amazon and you know maybe right. it's a harbinger of what's to come with the lord of the rings and all that and and yeah for me, i'm like it's i i didn't I, I thought it was good not great and the stuff that fell down on the wheel of time it's like it's not because they poorly adapted it necessarily it's just because it was kind of poorly done period you know as a as storytelling okay so anyway we'll see what they do with the lord of the rings yeah yeah kind of just have to wait and see i guess so you you've been running a show called tea with tolkien tea with tolkien t-a t-e-a okay just so people can go look it up uh right. i'm a subscriber they should subscribe but tell people what you do on tea with tolkien sure um well Oh, we kind of do a lot of different things. The primary thing that we do on Tea with Tolkien is we do a book club and it's all online and it's all free. So we just basically go through different Tolkien books on a loop. Like mm -hmm. we will read The Lord of the Rings, take a break, read The Silmarillion. Um, and it's really lately just been those two. We go back and forth. Yeah. 
because there's always new people coming into the group and into the world of Tolkien. Um, so it's a lot of book club stuff, um, but we've also done more topical episodes like let's talk about Gollum mm -hmm. or let's talk about Lembus. And <laughs> my episodes are a lot shorter than most Tolkien podcasts. Yeah. Um, but I like that style personally more. I feel like it's more of like something you can listen to on your commute. Um, it's not a big time commitment, I guess. No, I, so I love, I love how there's like two hour long Tolkien podcasts and then there's mine. They're more like 20, 30 minutes. Right. Uh, I just listened, so uh, for I, I was just mowing the lawn before we started recording and I was listening to your Akalabeth episode. Uh, because that's, oh, that's the episode, that's the section that we're coming up on. Uh, so uh, Ryan and, and Kyle and I are going to record on Sunday night our discussion of Akala Beth. Uh, and so I, I dived into that one. And it's, yeah, it's like 10, 15 minutes long. It's real quick. It's mostly kind of a, a recap of what the story is and kind of pulling out the major stuff to either to know or to remember. Um yeah. And I, as I was listening to it, I was like, gosh, this would be so valuable to people listening to our show who either, you know, it's been years and years since they've read it or they keep meaning to get around to it, but they haven't quite gotten there, uh, but they still want to listen to our show or, you know, whatever other show out there, like you're saying with right. the two hour discussions, go grab yeah. the tea with Tolkien uh, 10 minute uh, explainer about what this is all about and then yeah, you're kind it's of like a spark yeah notes. yeah you're up to speed a little bit um even if you're not getting all of the the nitty-gritty stuff so how long have you been doing it now um i think i started tea with tolkien in 2017 but i don't think i started the podcast until maybe 2018 um the podcast wasn't always on my mind it was more of a, a blog and online community mm -hmm. and then the podcast kind of came as like a supplemental thing yeah, yeah. um and do you have you were obviously obsessed with tolkien like many of us were before you started doing all this has has mm -hmm. this deepened your obsession or do you feel like uh like oh it's a job now and uh you know i, I don't want it, to it's not as fun to dive into the Tolkien stuff. No, yeah. I mean, I feel like with Tolkien, you can't have too much. Um, there's just so much that he wrote. Um, and then even if you even if you could read everything he wrote, you have everything else that people have written mm. about him. And there's just so much to unpack, so much more to learn. Every time I reread The Silmarillion or The Lord of the Rings, it's just like different things stand mm -hmm. out to you. And... Um, it speaks to you in a different way. So I feel like ever since I started Tea with Tolkien, I've just been like diving deeper and deeper and it's been so great. Yeah, I find the same thing. Like We did a, a Lord of the Rings uh, reread last year, I think it was, and we got to book six and uh, the scene on the field of Cormallon and there was this, uh, this bit that jumped out at me. I, it's like, I've been reading this book for 20 years um, and, you know, I, I've probably read it 20 times or more and this thing, I'd never noticed this thing and it blew my mind and I had to go make a YouTube video about it. And it was all this, this whole production, um, uh, because yeah, there's just so much to dig into. It's, um, there are a lot of great novels out there, but very few of them are as dense, uh, with tidbits, with stuff as, uh, yeah, it just feels like everything keeps giving. Do you have a favorite bit? Like, do you, do you have a, well, no, let me back Ooh. up. Let me back up. Do you have a favorite Tolkien work, period? 
So, so the Silmarillion is my favorite Tolkien book, but like you were saying, um, with, with going back in rereads and finding something new in the Lord of the Rings, I love this line when Frodo is in Shelob's tunnel and he's holding the file of Galadriel and Tolkien says something like about how Shelob had been safe from sun and moon and star for so long, but now a star had descended into the very earth. And that line is just so loaded because he has the file of Galadriel, which holds the light of Arendil, which holds the light from the Silmaril, which holds the light from the trees. And so it's just like suddenly thousands of years of history are just like colliding into this one sentence. And and then when you see not, like... Not to mention Sheila being the, the uh, daughter of Ungoliant and that whole yes. history of, uh, you know, the, the light versus the dark and all that. Right. Like, it's just like mind blowing how Tolkien takes so many different things and he weaves them together. And then when they come to their fruition, it's just like it knocks you over. It's crazy. And I wonder with with something like that, a passage like that, Frodo and Shelob and the, the light under the mountain, how much of that is he uh, kind of purposely pulling together? You know, he's puppet mastering all these things and saying, oh, OK, now I'm going to bring in this element from this and, uh, and it'll all collide. Or is it just that he created a mythology that was so rich and so textured that these moments can't help but come out every once in a while right. you know, organically? I, I don't know for sure um, if it was a happy accident. or I'm sure it was like a mix of both um, because I, I feel like with a lot of stuff that he wrote, he'll be like, yeah, it kind of just came to me. But then in the revision, it, it got more solidified in certain yeah, ways. Yeah. Which I think is how most things yeah. are written. Um, but he was just such a master. He he really, I mean, obviously, I, Ryan and I named this the Legendarium Podcast for a reason. It's a whole homage to Tolkien mm -hmm. to begin with. So uh, my, my respect for him knows no bounds. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, favorite Tolkien works. Have you guys done on your show Leaf by Niggle? We have, good, yeah. Good. Um, that was... I think we must have done that in 2019. Mm. Um, I have a priest friend who uh, he actually gave a whole sermon on Leaf yes. by Nickel. And I was sitting in the pews listening and I was like, wait, am I, I need to have you on I the podcast. Am I at church listening? Yeah. To so I, after that, I, I know it was amazing. So I had him on and it was a really fun episode and he's like one of our good friends. So it was yeah, awesome. it's, uh, that would be my choice for uh, you know, like pound for pound, page for page my favorite Tolkien writing is probably Leaf by Niggle. Oh, really? Which is weird. I, I get that. And it's uh, it, it's got some tough competition from Akalabeth, uh, which is my favorite passage from the Silmarillion. Um, you know, it's it's uh, there are actually uh, some bits from The Hobbit that I love, love, love. Uh, but I think Leaf by Niggle might be my favorite. Um, That's it's a good one. Yeah, I, and I think it makes you very hipster i guess because it's not the <laughs> i know <laughs> you're a talking hipster and i don't know anybody what the, who listens to the show knows like, that like they just saw like me kind of shrivel up like when you said i'm a hipster because i know i'm kind of a hipster <laughs> i know i don't know what the word is anymore because i feel like hipster is very like 2014 uh but you're what i'm trying oh, to say yeah. is like that's not a common no, I think choice you're i guess right. uh, but it's it, it's for those who haven't read it, uh, who are listening to this, please, for the love of everything, just go read it. Um, it's, what, 20, 30 pages. It's really quick. It's, it's quite short. 
Um, yeah, and there's an audiobook of it too, really? I think. The audiobook's like, it's like an hour that, long. Yeah, great. I didn't yeah. even know that existed. Um, but anyway, it's uh, yeah. for me, it's um, there's with the Silmarillion, um, you, you can say Akalabeth um, specifically, but then the Silmarillion as a whole, it kind of is a really great microcosm of his beliefs about the world. You could say about the world in general, about how things work. And you, you get you can get all of these uh, interesting lessons, these philosophical tidbits about you know, geopolitics or, uh, you know, social issues or whatever. But with Leaf by Niggle, it's really personal. Um, and I, I feel like that's his mm -hmm. best encapsulation of what the good life looks like on an individual basis. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I love it so much for that. Anyway. All right. So the Silmarillion, what do you got coming up next? What do you, what are you guys tackling these days? Uh, well, we are, we're wrapping up, uh, Silmarillion summer. We're on part three right now. So I don't know when this episode will come out, but, um, we are about to start part four, which is a Kalabath. And then our last section is obviously mm -hmm. of the rings of power in the third age. And I wanted to make our schedule so that we would, would be finishing that, um, by the time the Amazon mm -hmm. show started coming out, even though it's that's not what the show is going to be about. Like the show is using the appendices. So we really should have read the appendices, <laughs> but I made this schedule before I knew that. And I think it doesn't hurt to familiarize yourself with the Silmarillion no, anyways. And this was kind of just like a speed read. So a lot of the times we'll take like, I don't know, six months mm -hmm. to read the Silmarillion, but this time we did it in two, I think um, just to get people through it. Because I feel like with, your first read of the Silmarillion, you just have to get through it. You're not going to remember oh. everyone's names. You're not really fully going to get it. Preacher, my but language. once you do read it, you're going to fall in love with the story and you're going to yeah. want to come back. Yeah. I, people who are longtime listeners of the show will be sick of hearing this story from me. But uh, the first time I read the Silmarillion, I was 17 and, uh, you know, my, my mom bought it for me on Valentine's Day at Barnes and Noble. It, you know, that was my that was my Valentine <laughs> when I was 17. That's a good Valentine. <laughs> and um, took it home, cracked it open, was just I, I was blown away within the first couple of pages. I like I couldn't believe what I was reading. It was so different. I had no prep for it. No idea what I was getting into. I got all the way through it. It took me oh, like wow. three months to read 300 pages. I got all the way to the end and right. got to, you know, the end. And went, I have no idea what I just read, but I loved it. And so I went back immediately back to page one and started over again. And then I kind of, yeah, all right. I remember that name. And oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. They're related somehow. You know, you start to connect the dots, but it's only after the first read, I think. Yeah, I feel like it's really like people don't want to hear it, but that's probably the only way to do it. Like you just have to kind of struggle through it. You're not going to fully understand right. it. And it helps to have guides and podcasts to listen to it obviously helps a lot but at a certain point you're just gonna have to go for yeah. it yeah it's uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, the way people talk about malazan the book of the fallen uh it's just this immensely complex 10 book giant series with all these spin-offs and novellas and all and, oh, wow. and, and the first couple of books are completely impenetrable you have no idea what's going on you can't know what's going on <laughs> And I, I like I've never made it through book one <laughs> people keep telling me like oh right but then 
you know, once you get to book four, it all starts to come together. And I'm like, I, I don't have that kind of time. So that's, it reminds me of that yeah. with the Silmarillion. And I mean, life is short. <laughs> I'm too busy reading the Silmarillion. I don't have time oh, for man, anything else. That's true. People ask me why we don't cover more uh, like uh, contemporary releases. You know, what 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 about the, the best of 2021? Mm -hmm. Where was your list on that? And I'm like, I have no idea what was published in 2021. I was too busy reading this, that, and the yeah. other from 30 40 80 years i know ago. i people who are like they have on their goodreads account like oh i've read 60 books this year i'm like oh okay i've just read the silmarillion 60 <laughs> times <laughs> i i really that's awesome for them but it's i can't not do that style. i don't know not your style what do you read besides tolkien no i'm serious like i can't remember the last time I've read something that wasn't Tolkien. Um, I was listening to an audiobook. Well, I started the mm. Dune audiobook. I listen to a lot of audiobooks because I drive a lot. Um, and, you know, doing dishes and laundry, audiobooks are great. Um, so I, I have listened to some of Dune. I guess the most recent book that I actually finished was Kristen Lavren's Daughter. Um, right on. It was it was a good book. It was very sad. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's the kind of book that like pierces your heart while you read it. So I feel like it was really good. But just yeah, just no. Audiobooks totally count for you know anybody keeping track at home. Mm -hmm. Audiobooks count. Okay, it's not the same. It's not yeah, the same. But definitely. It uh, no, definitely not the same. But do you have an opinion? But it on works. Tolkien audiobook style. Uh, you know, if, if people can should do Tolkien audiobooks. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think the way that Tolkien started telling the story of The Hobbit to his kids was, you know, mm. the original audiobook. He was um, saying it out loud, and especially with all the songs and poetry, like, it's great hearing it read. Um, I really love the audiobooks with mm, Rob yeah. Inglis as the narrator. Um, I think he does a really good job with all the songs, and just, it's a nice... I don't know. Good I, listening. I can't rewind the clock. I can't go back uh, to having never read the Silmarillion before. But anytime people tell me I've never read the Silmarillion before, so I got the audiobook and I'm about to start, I I go, ooh, I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine listening to that many names and places, uh, you know, and foreign words and whatnot, yeah. and keeping that straight. I feel like now I enjoy dipping into the Silmarillion audiobook now and then because I have the context for it. Uh, but I, I'm not sure mm -hmm. about a, a first timer. What do you... I actually think it helps people more because he pronounces mm. it for you. Um, and he does get some of the names wrong. So then you'll be like me doing a Tolkien podcast and saying uh, Mithros's name wrong for four episodes <laughs> because he uh, the, the audiobook narrator says things wrong. And then I had like a nice, a very kind listener write to me and be like, it's actually pronounced like this. Nice. Oh, I'm <laughs> um, sure we all get things but wrong. But I think... Who cares? Yeah. But I mean, in the audio book is really good. And he probably pronounces like 95% of things right. Um, so if you are struggling through the Silmarillion, I yeah. love the audio book. There's a strong recommendation. But, yeah. yeah. It's just personal preference, I guess. But if you... But I think it helps with the names because you can hear them and 
get an idea yeah. of how to say them. One thing that I, I love about the Silmarillion, speaking of pronunciation, is the pronunciation guide. Uh, and you get that in the Lord of the Rings as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the it's something that I wish other fantasy authors would do more often. But the problem is that he, the, he meaning Tolkien, Tolkien was very uh, rigid about his linguistic rules with his languages and all that. He mm -hmm. actually had rules for pronunciation. Whereas, you know, you read, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not going to name any other authors' names, but read whatever other given fantasy author and they have these crazy names and places in there and you just kind of have to guess at how it might be pronounced and then mm -hmm. get you know warring factions among the fans and all that so. yeah and with Tolkien it was like I invented this entire language and this is what this name means in my invented language so you better say it right and then half of them he put in a poem so if you say the name wrong it messes with the the, mo the right. reader of the poem so <laughs> it's like very very important but it's nice because for the most part, you can actually yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. So where to go next? Um, do you speak Elvish? Okay. Just check. No, do you no. know any random Elvish words? When I was in like, when I was in like seventh <laughs> grade, I learned some version of Tanguar, mm -hmm. how to write it. So I could like write my name in Elvish on my notebooks and stuff. But I was probably way off and I could not, I, I definitely don't remember any of when it. I, yeah, when I was just getting started um, learning another second language, when I was learning French, um, I had a copy of the Lord of the Rings. That was a huge part actually of how I learned French as well as I did. And I, I I've, I've lost a, a oh, good bit now, but um, at the time I, I kicked butt as a French speaker because I read the Lord of the Rings in French. And it took forever and, you know, I had to have my dictionary open the whole time. But anyway, at the same time, I learned, I went to the back of the book and started learning the, the Tangmar script. Uh, for those uh, who don't know, that's the what the ring rhyme is written in. It's the language is the black speech, but the uh, the writing is Tangmar. Um, so I was learning this kind of just like you were saying. So, you know, I could write my name in it or, you know, I could transcribe right. sounds into Tangmar, you know, which is fun. Um, mm -hmm. but I know I never, I never actually learned Elvish, uh, but I, I had a listener a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, maybe, uh, who was getting married and they wanted an inscription on, uh, he, he wanted an inscription on his ring and his wife's ring that was as you wish from the princess bride in Elvish. <laughs> That's funny. And so he reached out, he's like, can you translate that? And it took me like three or four hours to come up with three different translations. Wow. I'm like, try these. <laughs> it, because I don't right? speak Elvish. Well, when I was at um, when I was at Comic Con this year, I met a bunch of other Tolkien fans, and I met some people who were like translating Elvish oh, professionally. Man. Like they'll do like consults or um, translate. Like like if you want a tattoo, mm -hmm. they'll they'll help you with your translation. And I was like, I was just surrounded by people who were so much smarter than me. And it was like, it's insane. It's the, but it the was really curse cool. of the podcast host, right? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you on my show because you're the expert and I talk. I, I, I can talk. Yeah. Right. Sure. How about, <laughs> let's do that. Right. Um, oh, okay. All right. I had another topic I was going to chase down with you, uh, Tolkien wise, but, uh, but it's kind of, it's fleeing my mind now. So maybe let's, let's go back. If we can circle back, we're going to probably retrace a lot of our steps for the second part of this conversation. But uh, back to the show. Okay. 
So, all right, shake it out. Getting back to the Amazon show now. <laughs> right, right. What okay. has been the most encouraging thing about the show, you know, like the run-up to the show, the announcements, the trailers, the casting, mm -hmm. the whatever? What, what have you been most encouraged by? I would say the most encouraging thing about the show has been seeing all of the first age uh, pre like uh, mm, prologue the stuff. The trees in the distance. Like when they show us that shot of Valinor like, and the two trees, it literally caused <laughs> me to cry. Um, and when we were at Comic-Con in Hall H, they like, uh, they played that clip on this like massive screen with the speakers booming. And like, it was so loud that like your chair was shaking. Um, and you're just watching this person's elf walking up this hill and you see like the two trees revealed before you. And like that just, it just takes my breath away to see something like that portrayed. Um, so I know I'm going to love all of the prologue, but it's just after, after the prologue is over. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's know. fair. That's fair. I, but I wanted to start with the positive stuff because, um, I, yeah, it, people might as well know this. I'll, I'll do a, I'll put out a video at some point on YouTube, but I was, uh, I was putting together a video about the appendices. Here's what you need to know about the appendices, you know, in prep for the show, whatever. And I'm, I'm working my way through mm -hmm. this video and I'm looking at other YouTubers and I'm, you know, I'm listening to some other podcasts talk about you know their feelings about the show and I couldn't get over how angry everybody seemed to be. Um, just the, like, mm -hmm. how dare you, you, like, touch this material, basically. Like, how, how could they do it, right? Um, right. And I have my misgivings. Don't get me wrong. I just get so, I get so tired of the reflexive negativity um, that, I, you know, when I talk about mm -hmm. these things, I, I at least want to start by saying there are things to look forward to. I... I don't know what they're yeah. going to do with her character, but I like the casting of Morphid Clark as Galadriel. That, that's great. Yes. Like, she looks great. And she's, she's great. a great actress. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think it has been really cool because I've gotten to go to, um, I, I got to go to London and see some of the footage earlier this year. And then when I was at Comic-Con, I got to meet some of the cast. And so that was really cool um, just to hear well, first of all, to see some footage in London was really neat. And then in the Comic-Con, when I got to talk to the cast, they had more questions <laughs> for us in terms of like, what do you guys think? Are you guys nervous? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like you could tell that they really valued our feedback and our opinion on how they were portraying these characters. Like um, I was talking to the actor who's playing mm -hmm. Isildur and he was just, he was probably the most like concerned, like, like, what do you all think? What are your hopes for the show? What are you worried about? Like, like you could tell that it means a lot to the people putting it together that the Tolkien fans are going to like it. So that was a nice, it was kind of a reassuring yeah. moment, yeah. I guess. Well, that's good. That, but, uh, all that being said, yeah. um, what, what do you think is your biggest misgiving? What, what are you nervous about for the show? Okay. Um, um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, basically, as soon as the prologue is over, because I I know what that'll be, that's that's solid. As soon as they step into their own storyline that they've created, because really it's a 
it's their own story within Tolkien's story. So in my mind, that's the definition right. of fan fiction. Um, but it's licensed and expensive <laughs> fan fiction. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and it's not like fan fiction is some derogatory thing. Like it, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's, it's just that it's going to be different. And so like stepping into the unknown of like, where are they going with this? Um, is very mm. nerve wracking. I also don't like, there was a, uh, a clip that came out the other day where Galadriel was like, my brother died hunting the enemy. Now it's, now I'm taking up his mission. And I, and it was implied that she was referring to Finrod and, I was like, but Finrod wasn't right. hunting the enemy. You know, he was like trying to help Baron obtain a Silmaril and the enemy was involved in this, but it, it was weird to me, like how they were trying to portray, it was like they were trying to change Finrod's story. Um, but then at the same time, that's a trailer clip and they're always misdirecting you in trailer clips. So every time something like that comes out, it just makes me, like sit back and be like, wait a second, what are you doing here? Like, it makes me very nervous. Um, and also the fact that they've invented so many characters. See, that that's the kind of thing uh, that, 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 I understand. that doesn't bother me very much. Because like you said, it's fan fiction, right? Well, like, I, yeah. And I understand that they need to fill in the gaps because there's not a lot about the Second Age. But there are a lot of rumors around Ad- Adar. Have you seen that? Um, he's the... He's the one where in the poster that looks like Sauron. Um, he's wearing like all black with spiky gloves and a big sword. Uh, um, and I don't know if that's his real name or if it's a code name, but it's very mysterious. Like mm. we still don't know who he is. He looks like Sauron, but everyone's like, no, it's not Sauron. Uh, yeah, that um, is weird. So I don't know. There's just like, it's yeah. And then they put him on the Return of the King book cover <laughs> the when books. they made yeah, these yeah. tie-in book covers. And and I'm like, is he even a canonical character? Like, I feel like once the show comes out and I'm able to wrap my mind around it and there's not so much secrecy around yeah. it, maybe it'll make sense. But right now, I'm just like, it's kind of like my head is spinning. Like, what's going like, on yeah, here? Um, I, I'm so. doing a pretty good job, like I said earlier, of just letting go and saying it'll be what it'll be. Um, and my books are still on my shelves, you know, um, but right. I have to admit the thing that's throwing me for a loop is that this is a second age story. And I get that there might be little things like you're, you're talking about, uh, the Finrod issue, um, where it's like, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're dinging up cannon around the edges just a little bit. Right. Um, that's yes that's how it but feels the, the one thing that feels like a bit of an assault to me is the hobbits uh or the what are they calling the the harfoots the, the harf- harfoots, harfoots in the second yeah. age where we know that th- there was no trace of these beings until the year what 2000 third age or something like that but so so i mean the way that they reason that is like well hobbits have gone for so long without being re- noticed by men because they're so small and they can hide like the whole idea of hobbits being able to hide and go unnoticed. And I feel like they're kind of going with that to be like, well, we don't know hobbits weren't around (laughs) at this time because all we have are the histories of men and elves. We don't, you know, like, and they wouldn't have known about them. Talking talking each other off the ledge with all this stuff. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> so I can kind of go with that. But I feel like it's, it almost feels like they're doing that mm. with like everything. Like, okay, I can, I can see how the Harfoots are doing this. Okay. I can see how this is happening. Okay. And after a certain point, it's like, how many things do I have to get, yeah. go with, yeah. you know? Um, it, it feels, but no, I go ahead. still, I'm still excited. I'm still excited about the show. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm having a party at my house. I'll be uh, there. When the I will premiere be there. Is, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it just makes like, it's just, it, it almost changes every day. Like one day I'll be super excited. The next day I'm like really stressed mm. out about it. Um, so I just, I don't know what, well, I think we just really yeah. have to wait till yeah, it comes out. It's uh, Hobbits to me, they're, it, they're kind of, or the Harfoots, sorry, are emblematic of kind of something that goes on in these productions. And we get this in Star Wars all the time. Okay. In Star Wars, uh, whoever's producing it, whoever's writing it, uh, whoever's making the Star Wars stuff says, right, but if there aren't any lightsabers, it's not Star Wars, right? And so, you know, even in right. like the Mandalorian or whatever, you get, you got to have the dark saber, right? So we, we have to have these laser swords mm-hmm. or it's not Star Wars. And most of us fans are like, yeah, you can do Star Wars without lightsabers. You can tell some other stories. I feel like Hobbits kind of fill right, that it's just role like- for these types of productions. Oh, but, you know, if there's no Hobbits, then. Well, and I think that the the writers, show owners have even said that much. Like they they didn't feel like the show would feel like Tolkien without Hobbits. <laughs> um, have you read the Silmarillion? So... <laughs> I know. I think I kind of think that what they're doing is they're going to use the Harfoots to frame mm. the narrative to bring in casual fans of Tolkien. And so they'll have something to, to be like, oh, I know Hobbits. Yeah. Um, and it'll bring them in. And then I'm hoping that they will stay on the sidelines because it wouldn't make sense for them to be a part of any really important plot because then all the men right. and elves would know they exist. Right. which they're not supposed to. So I'm hoping that they'll play a, a minor role. They really haven't like a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people be like, Oh, the Harfoots are so cute. I love them so much. And I'm like, they really just don't speak to me. Like I'm really mostly interested in the elves and, and their stories, I guess. And, mm, and Numenor that's, that's is really I cool too. I want, I want to spend a lot of yeah. time in Numenor. Uh, I, I have a feeling we will. I mean, it's one of the major plot lines of right. the second well, age so do we know when in the second age this is taking place is this the the bitter end our our far zone and all that stuff oh right? so that's the other thing that's that's my other major concern is they're using mm. time compression which is like this very vague undefined way for them to change yeah. everything kind of um so i think when we when the show starts we have far zone who is going to become the last king of Numenor, but he's not the king yet. So I think that the whole show is going to have to happen within his lifetime. But I don't think that Sauron has fully come to his strength yet. So it's almost like they're going all the way to the end, but at the same time, they're going towards the middle of the second age. Yeah. So they're kind of trying to compress everything, but we also see Isildur in season one. So he's going to be yeah, here for the whole show. Yeah, he's very young, uh, numenorically Numenor- so, speaking, uh, at, at that time. Yeah. So. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I have 
in case you hadn't yeah, been able so- to notice, I've vaguely kept up with what's going on with the production, but I have not dived in. I just, you know, I, I, I haven't gotten into the minutia, partly because I know I like I don't want to drive myself crazy. So. Yeah, I think I probably need to take a break um, <laughs> because I am very, very invested yeah. in all of this. And uh, I'm in a couple of group chats with other Tolkien people. So then anytime something's posted, like um, on Entertainment Weekly or any magazine, they'll yeah. be like sending the links. And then I'm, all, I'm like, oh, I have to drop everything and watch this video or or read this article. And so I feel like I've stayed very on top of things, which is probably why I feel kind of stressed <laughs> out about it. I think the average casual fan who's who's just going to watch the show you know like you don't need to do any work beforehand just turn it on when it starts and see what you think yeah yeah right so we will see we'll see we will see all right well let's um let's do one more topic i've got one more question for you i remembered what it was from earlier and and so i want to swing back toward uh toward the books and your podcast and you specifically and your love of tolkien and all that stuff so we'll leave the show behind for now and i want to ask you a question so um you mentioned earlier your uh leaf by niggle episode you had your your priest's friend on who you'd heard in church giving that sermon um which reminded me Tea with Tolkien is uh, it's it's steeped in the same Catholic tradition that Tolkien was. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the so, goal. And, and that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I, I'm sure but I don't no, do it perfectly. Yeah, it's but... what I'm curious about. How how do you, as a Catholic, um, you know, if we don't mind we, us getting into these uh, waters, how do you, as a Catholic, um, feel about about um, the you know, somebody like me who doesn't come from your faith tradition and somebody else, uh, you know, putting different interpretations on and how important do you feel like it is that you come at it from a Catholic perspective and uh, kind of just, I, I guess, in general, how does that work in your mind? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think that for me, I, f- I feel like in when you're studying any kind of literature or you're trying to understand it or wrap your mind around it, it's always best to approach it at least in the beginning to try to approach it in the same mindset Mm. that it was written in because i feel like that is the way that it was intended to be interpreted i guess but at the same time i know that tolkien wasn't like this is only (laughs) for catholics to understand you know like he wanted everyone to love his stories. And I think that's why so many people love his stories because he wasn't trying to write an allegory and he wasn't trying to evangelize like directly by shoving his beliefs down your throat. He was trying to write a beautiful story, but because he was so steeped in his own faith and all of the philosophy that comes with it, um, it just flowed through naturally. So like for me, I feel like uh, being able to look at Tolkien's works from the same or at least a closer mindset that compared to what he wrote it in, like is, has been really enriching for me, I guess. But at the same time, like once a literary work leaves its author's desk, it goes out into the world and the world is going to interpret it. However, so it's not like you're wrong or you're like, incorrect if you're not interpreting it the exact same way that he might have in his head but i just feel like it really enriches the reading of a of a work if you're 
trying to understand the frame of mind yeah. that they wrote yeah, it I in. Think I, so if what that you're saying sense? is that's that's your starting point. You want to get in the in the author's head as a starting yeah. point, and then if you want to branch out, have your own interpretations and headcanon or whatever, then you know that. Right, and then you like apply your own. You like apply yeah. your own on top of yeah. it. Yeah, right. I guess right, fair enough. That's just yeah. That's you, how I approach uh, it. Do you find that a lot of your listenership is Catholic, or do you uh, do you reach all sorts of people? Um, I think a lot of it is we have like like in my Discord community, one of our rules is like this community is inspired by the works of Tolkien. You don't have to be Catholic to join it. Um, anyone is welcome, but we do ask that you're at least mm. respectful of it. Um, so I feel like it tends to probably draw in more Catholics or Christians. Um, but there's definitely a lot of people in our group um, on Discord or followers that aren't religious yeah. at all. That's, and that's the great thing about the Lord of the Rings specifically and Tolkien generally is that, it, like you said, it welcomes anybody who's willing to put a little thought into it. Right. 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 Like the Lord of the Rings is for everyone. It's not like I'm trying to be like, no, you can't have it. It's like, I'm trying to understand it and I want to share it with everyone. Well, uh, Caitlin, uh, oftentimes, you know, if I have like an author on or something at the end of the conversation, I'll say, you know, give us an elevator pitch, uh, you know, for your, your book or in your case, uh, your podcast. But honestly, the last 40 minutes of conversation has been, I think, your pitch for people <laughs> to go check out Tea with Tolkien. So I hope they do so. Um, I, like I said, or I think I said earlier, I'm a subscriber. I think other people should be also. Um, That's so but, kind. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about your show and uh, and and the uh, community around it? Yeah, well, I honestly haven't updated the podcast since like February. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's noticed. We did a Lord of the Rings book club, and then I was actually uh, I'm pregnant right now, and so I was in my first trimester, and I was so sick. So the I I have not done a podcast episode since February, I think, but. They can always no. I, it's been pre-recorded. It's just been, um, it's just oh, been nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um. So people can always subscribe. I'm sure it'll be back. But right now, our main community is mm -hmm. our Discord community, and we, as we're doing the Silmarillion, we've been doing like live voice chats in the Discord, and that has been really fun. I think it's a lot more rewarding than podcasting because I get <laughs> feedback yeah. right away. With podcasting, I don't have a co-host, so I'm just talking to myself and I don't know, like, like I have no reactions. Um, so it's a little harder for me. I think if I had a co-host or something, um, it would probably be a little more fun. So I love doing the voice chats on our discord and that's really just where we get together and hang out, talk about Tolkien. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have seven co-hosts. And so it's just like, eventually you just get into fist fights after the recording and it's, it, it gets up, it gets real ugly. <laughs> Yeah, I really have like, I'm very, very controlling. And so I had the, I like, I, I played around with the idea of having a co-host, but then the thought of having to compromise anything <laughs> to do with my podcast, I was like, absolutely not. It's just going to be me. I'm, this is a That's one person funny. show. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much. Um, I hope people go check it out. Uh, I'll find a link if I can get a, an invite link to your discord. Maybe I'll put that in the uh, show notes. Um, if you just go to oh, twithtolkien.com slash discord, um, you have to sign up for our mm. email list to get the link. 
which is kind of how I keep <laughs> trolls out, sure. honestly, um, because our Discord is very friendly and everyone's been very kind and we haven't had really many run-ins with like anyone trying to mess with, with us, I guess, which has not been the case in a lot of other yeah. Discord servers I've been in. So, uh, no, this but is that's how you find very it. familiar. I love our Discord server for that reason. We, we've been going for yeah. several years now. Yeah. And we've had like four bots ever, and you know, and a, and a few trolls, and like, yeah. that's about it. So, yeah, I feel like you have to kind of keep it secret <laughs> and keep it safe. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's our exit line right there. Caitlin Fasista, thank you so much uh, <laughs> from Tea with Tolkien. I uh, really appreciate you taking some time and having a conversation with me. This is a, a, a conversation I've wanted to have for a long time because, like I said, I've been admiring your Twitter feed, etc., uh, from afar for a, a long time. So Nice. Well, thanks Cheers. for having and, me on. And uh, for everybody else, make sure you go to thelegendarium.com where you can find uh, links to Patreon, Discord, all the things uh, is, that you can do to support the show. And, of course, go to teawithtolkien.com as well. And I will talk to you all next time. <laughs>